Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. Thank you so much for coming back. I am very excited to share today another guest combo. It is Becky Clark, who just happens to be an old college friend of mine. Um, She's going to share some really cool and inspiring stories with us today, including a New Year's resolution turned six plus year project and now turned into a lifestyle that she's living. So I'm really excited to dive in and catch up with her and share the project with you. But before we get started, I want to share about an event that I went to recently at the 92nd Street Y here in New York. It's a fashion icon series with Fern Malice. So she does all these interviews with Um, industry icons. So her interview was with the legendary Michael Kors. I learned so much about his business in the recent years, how he managed the pandemic and how he stays curious. Um, His career has been, I think he said 42 years in the making. So he shared a lot of great sound bites, but I specifically wrote one down to share with you today. I thought it was um, apropos. It was something like this. It was, he said, fashion people like to swim in a pond with fashion people. And I think that's why some of the clothes look ridiculous. So it gave me a laugh, um, but also I thought it was an important point to make. So he went on to share about a visit to D.C. that he he went to um, and President Biden was then Vice President Biden was honoring him with an award. And he was observing the world outside of New York and the major fashion capitals. And he noticed in this moment a need for people outside of the fashion industry to wear clothes that align with their lifestyles and priorities but that they also could be beautiful and well-made clothing. Um, so I'll also note that in this, he Michael Kors was wearing a blazer that was 22 years old. So he pointed out, he's like, I'm wearing a blazer that's 22 years old. So when you buy well and you buy clothes that are nicely made, that they do last and they do feel good to you. So I tell you this just to communicate that and share that a great fashion designer sees us and acknowledges the need for practical and well-made clothes and that those options should exist for everyone. Now, I also share this with you because it was a good reminder to me, and I hope it will resonate with you, to look outside of our bubbles, whatever those bubbles may be, to see how others outside of the world are living, what they're wearing, how they're thinking, and all of those things that we're actively observing the world around us. It helps keep us engaged. It helps keeps us progressing. It helps keeps us, keep us from being stagnant. And it, I think it really keeps ourselves in check, that we're not just playing in the same sandbox or swimming in the same pond of everyone that's homogenous and just like us. It helps keep our senses active and it keeps us evolving. Hi, Becky. I'm sorry that I sometimes still call you Gallegos. It's like an old habit from, what, 16 years. Um, I still wrote Gallegos in our email, so um, it's pretty funny. But Becky's originally from Seattle, Washington area, and she's lived all over the country in Utah, California, and Georgia. And she currently resides in Glendale, Arizona with her husband of 16 years, Steve, and two children. And Becky loves her work as an elementary school librarian, and her favorite activities include reading, sewing, baking, hiking, and spending time with her family. So that's just a really brief overview. Becky, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I know. Thank you for asking me. I'm excited. (laughs) 
Uh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be fun to catch up on here and to hear, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and we'll pop in, like slide into each other's DMs. And now we get to actually talk face to face. Um, so Becky and I met each other our freshman year of college. We were next door neighbors, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and then we ended up forming a little group of us. Yes. Natalie had this awesome energy coming off high school cheerleader energy. We both had curly hair, but Natalie doesn't have curly hair anymore. And it's uh, it's wavy, wavy, textured. Yeah. And I just remember uh, just having a lot of good, silly times. Right. A lot lot of good. And I remember that Becky was always the Martha Stewart of the group from the get go. (laughs) So at the time, Martha Stewart was like, that was the reference that you made to anyone being very. She was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about Martha Stewart now? First question. Um, I actually I like her. I think she's rocking social media. I think she's hilarious um it's a lot of team though so she has a great team yeah, for sure but definitely. yeah I don't have any I don't have any problems with Martha Stewart <laughs> um definitely I don't either I think she's she's entertaining um so I do want to hit on that though to kind of get us segueing into you know you hear the bio and pe- people might be like like so why is Becky here so I remember before like when Etsy was kind of first like popping up Becky had a shop, a very successful Etsy shop that took off right away. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, um, I've i always been creative and crafty, kind of like Natalie said, and I've always had kind of like a side hustle mindset. So I started making pillow covers. I sewed thousands and thousands of pillow covers and I just got really into Etsy and selling online. I had, I've been in some, I had been in some magazines and Um, I just, I did that, um, for years when I stayed home with my kids when they were really young and I designed fabric and, and just got really kind of just ran away with it. It was super fun. So I really enjoyed doing that for a time. And how did you get into sewing? What, like, where were the origins of that? So I've been sewing, um, pretty much since I was in like kindergarten, my grandma taught me how to embroider and, Um, which is like needle crafting. So I sewed this little watermelon slice with her. And then I just, my mom taught me how to use a sewing machine. And actually it's funny because I, when I turned 16, I really wanted a Jeep Cherokee. That's, that's how old I am. (laughs) I really wanted a Jeep Cherokee for my 16th birthday. And I got a sewing machine instead. And at the time I was super disappointed, but actually my mom was so wise because I still sew on that sewing machine today, 24 plus years later. So I've always been sewing clothing. Um, I was, yeah, it just started from, from childhood. My, my mom was really into creative arts. So we always had access to things and, um, and then I just became really self-taught, just kind of ran away with, you know, figuring it all out. Um, what kind of sewing machine was it or is it? Um, it's a Husqvarna, which is actually, they also make like, um, motorcycles, (laughs) Oh, so it's like, yeah, it's like a really nice more. It's not industrial, but it has like full metal interior. It's like a really high quality one. Yeah. Okay. This is an example of when you buy something nice, buy something quality, it lasts, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It was not a cheap beginner sewing machine. It was like a legit 
sewing machine. Yeah. Which is really cool then that your mom saw that this could be something to invest in early in your life and your interests. And then, I mean, look at where, look at where it's taking you and has taken you. For sure. And, um, you know, I've thought about how much I love doing this, uh, sewing, and it really is an investment in myself. And it's such a creative outlet for me. I like, I always loved clothes, even when I didn't sew them myself, I always interested in fashion. I know I want to be a fashion designer and, um, and then just being able to do it myself, but it really is, um, just part of who I am, like celebrating my creativity. And, um, I'm so glad I still, you know, choose to make time to do this now. Yeah. I think it's so when I think about it too, and us, that's, I think one of the reasons that we probably connected within our group was, you know, I remember, I think it was you and our roommate Darby shout out who took me sail shopping for the first time. Oh in Salt yeah. Lake. <laughs> was it at Old re- Navy? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. And I remember you guys like teaching me, you know, like the art of finding that, like sorting through the racks and finding that like golden nugget. Um, And so it was fun to come at fashion and creativity from our different perspectives and our different, you know. Yeah. And we all bought the same turtleneck, (laughs) the same turtleneck sweater (laughs) from Old Navy. I think we actually have pictures in it. Oh my God. I think I forgot that. I was going through, you know, I found some at home. I was home going through old pictures and I found some of us that I need to scan in and um, send to reconnect the girls. So wait, that's your first time like shopping, like sales or like discount? Not discount, but like going with the purpose of going like to a sale. I mean, I'm, I'm from Logan sport, Indiana. We didn't have malls. So (laughs) discount for me was getting the, the catalogs and like circling what was in the sale catalogs at the time we are aging ourselves big time, but we didn't have, you know, the internet to go on. And then I didn't have a big mall with racks and racks of sale, other places that I like to shop at the time. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, that was one of my memories that I have of you teaching me art of the find is what I'll say. And (laughs) I, I feel like you've still carried on the art of the find. So you, um, are you still into thrifting? Yes, I am. And now I know we're going to get into how I mostly sew my clothes, but I do like also thrift too. I I thrift all the time. And my husband is a big thrifter. So it's kind of like a family, a family thing. (laughs) That's so fun. Um, So then bouncing off of that, tell me, um, let's introduce the listeners to what happened in 2016 at, as your new year's resolution. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny how when you were giving my bio and then you were like, let's explain why she's here. Um, so I do have fashion from like a different perspective. So in 2016, um, I made a new year's resolution. I'm super goal oriented. I love, I'm like type a let's, let's, I like new year's resolutions. So I was like, I'll come up with a new year's resolution. And I had already been sewing clothing for over a decade, but I really got into it after the birth of my second child. So about eight, nine years ago. And, um, in 2016, I decided I was gonna, for 2017, I wasn't going to buy any clothes all year. I was just going to sew my own clothing. And, um, I just thought it'd be a fun goal. One, a creative challenge, like to only sew my clothes. And I had actually made it and then forgot that I threw all my old swimsuits away. (laughs) So the first thing I realized was that I have to make a swimsuit and, um, 
but it's actually wonderful. Sewing swimsuits is like one of my favorite things to sew. But I also was spurred on because I had learned about this tragedy that happened in, um, it's called the Rana Plaza disaster. And if you just Google it, you will read so much about it. But what it is, is it's a factory that was under poor conditions and they kept telling the um, project managers and people that this isn't safe, but they never did anything to fix the building and the building collapsed and it killed 1100 people, mostly women who are garment workers. And it was really eye-opening. That happened a few years before that was, I think in 2013, but I was learning about it and it just made me feel like I need to do something to combat consumerism in fast fashion, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just one person. So I didn't really know what I could do. So I decided to just become my own, um, like garment industry, just create all my own clothing. And I started that in 2017 and I've really haven't bought any clothing since except for socks because who buys, who wants to make their own socks? Not me. I I wouldn't even know uh, how to start. (laughs) Yeah. I don't either. I don't know how to make my own socks, but, um, Yeah. So I haven't bought, I've bought a few, maybe less than 10 items for special occasion things, but yeah, I've bought. And so in six years now I'm going on and I'm, I just intend to keep going because I really like doing it. Gosh, that's, it's so amazing that something that you just started as a new year's, like a one year resolution has turned into like a six plus year project and, and then not even a project. Now it's just a way of life. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, when I started, I was like so excited about it that I actually way over consumed. And I was like, I'm going to sew everything I can. And I made like way too many items. I I was just excited about sewing. And then I realized that I wasn't doing it smart. Like I was still falling into that overconsumption trap. I was like, well, I deserve to buy all the fabric that I want and all the patterns. And I, I didn't save any money and I, I learned a lot, but I wasn't really honing in on like a style for myself. It was still very trend based. So over the years I've, I've honed it down. So I've made it um, manageable and I feel more mindful, but I really have taken charge of this thing that I love to do creatively, but also still being mindful of like the planet and and consumerism. And how have you then, you say that you overconsumed, and I think that's a habit that we can have as humans. And, you know, I do it too, like something new and exciting comes and it's like, give me more, give me more, give me more, instead of sometimes like reeling it in. How did you start to discover your style and reel it in and decide like what you're going to create for yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a perfect question because, um, And the one thing that's amazing now, and I don't know if you've done any sewing or if anyone's done any sewing, but I learned to sew from like the catalogs from Joanne Fabrics, you know, like my mom taught me how to do that. And it's very limited. Well, now there's this amazing sewing community on Instagram and um, where people are creating their own patterns. There's like indie sewing community and everyone is, it's super body conscious and inclusive, like patterns go all the way up to size like 30. Like it's really awesome, but it's really overwhelming if you have all this content coming at you. So it's just like reading a fashion magazine where you read it and you're like, I want that. And I want that. And I want that. And you're walking through the store and you're like, I need all these things. So I ended up buying and making like over a hundred items my first year. And like, that's, 
I know it's way more than you would ever even buy. And I realized I was just chasing what was new. And um, so what I did was I actually found this book, which is kind of like a stylist book. It's called The Curated Closet. And um, I actually have a copy of it. I'm showing Natalie. So I, I got it from the library. We'll put it in the show notes for um, everyone yeah. tuning in. So I found it at the library and then I ended up buying a copy because I just loved it so much. But she talks about how um, how you can create your own style. And that was really important to me once I started sewing, because if I was going to produce all of my own clothing, I needed to make sure it was something I actually wanted to wear, not just what other people were wearing. So, you know, when you follow trends in a store, it's easy to just mindlessly grab something new and take it home and wear it once. And then be like, uh, but when you make it, you can't do that's really, there's not enough time to do that. So you have to be really careful. I have to, I try to be really careful of my time. So I spent a lot of time, um, investing and in figure out what my style was. And she has some awesome tips. I highly recommend the book. It's by Anushka Rees. And she has you do this terrible thing where you have to take a photo of yourself every day for two weeks. And then you have to like write down how you feel about all the things you wore and then you have to think about, did you like those things? And you, you just work through all these. It's like a workbook for creating your, for figuring out your style. And then she has formulas for creating outfits. She has you think realistically about your life because I mean, we all would love to wear gowns and, you know, like swimsuits every day, but that's not real life. And yeah, I mean, that's what I preach to clients all the time too, where it's like, you know what it seeing something even, you know, influencer culture magazine, all of these, it's like not always practical to our lifestyle. So how do you take inspiration from the elements you like, and then actually analyze, like, am I going to wear these shoes to run the kids around or, you know, do this or that? It's like, what actually is practical? And that alone helps curb overconsumption or overproduction, I think. Yes. And you can spend your money on the things you use every day. So like, you know, like it's the cost per wear, which I'm sure you talk about with your clients, you're favorite. smiling. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can invest a lot of time making sure I make the perfect jeans that I can sit on the floor with my kids. I can run around. They can also transition tonight. And I, I get, I get that. And then, so she has you like do a pie chart of your actual time that you use in your life. Because you're like, if you only wear leggings and trainers, you don't need 60 pairs of stilettos. And, and then she also has you talk realistically about how often do you do laundry? How do you want to dry clean? And then how you can take care of your clothes too, to make your wardrobe actually work for you instead of like you only wearing the same five things because everything else is like, doesn't fit your actual life. So that was really helpful. And then for you, I mean, to your point, when you're sewing these pieces, it's not just going to the store and saying, I want a new pair of jeans. It's like, you have to put those lots of extra thought, extra effort, extra consideration. So I can imagine it could have felt daunting or like a hamster wheel before when you were like chasing these trends and just consuming or sewing, sewing, sewing versus like, oh, I would imagine there's a different feeling when you're making that perfect pair of jeans that you're like, can't wait to finish these because these 10 things in my closet are, it's going to refresh those for what I need now. Oh yeah. And then also I do a lot of planning. So I know I'm sure you do this with your clients where 
I'm already thinking ahead for summer because I have to start production on it now. But I like, so this year I I looked at my closet and I thought, well, what do I want to like have for summer? I want to have something floaty. I live in Arizona, so it's like incredibly hot. So I'm like, I like floaty tops. So I like figured out how many should I maybe try to make for the summer. I love in caftans. So I'm like, I need fabric for caftans. I want a new swimsuit because I live in swimsuits. And then I can really just focus on what I need specifically with like a goal. So I, I like kind of sketch it out and I'm like, okay, I, my buzzwords this year are floaty, breezy, colorful. And then I just use those to find the fabrics. Cause even fabric shopping is overwhelming because it's easy to get so distracted I'm almost like a fish, you know, I'm like, Ooh, that's pretty. Ooh, that's so, that's beautiful. But I don't, it doesn't fit with what I need. And, uh, so it is, it has helped a lot because I have to slow down and I also have to pre-think because I'm already, I already am starting sewing for spring. And I, I love what you're saying. And as it relates to your project and then just as, um, I like to encourage people to think is that idea of slowing down. Like we're just getting bombarded and it sounds like I mean with this digital world and what I've learned from you is that every community can throw a lot of information at you and it's not bad, it's just the world that we live in and so it's now up to us to do the work to stop, slow down internalize the information that's coming to us and make smart decisions for your unique life, your unique needs. And so that way we are being really mindful and really, you know, I use the word strategic a lot with my clients of like, what, what are your, like, what's your strategic shopping list? Like, let's really take it and, and, you know, let's go from macro to micro to make those considerations instead of to your point, like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I like that. I like that. Okay. Let's like gather all the information, distill it and apply it to you, which is not easy to do in this life. And so I love that you are echoing the importance of it, even when you're not going out to a store and buying it. And you almost have to be more thoughtful in, in your lifestyle, you know, in the fashion world. Yeah. Well, and it's, so I actually have found re something really helpful is I follow a lot of sewing people on Instagram, but I have it on a separate account. So when I'm not like actively looking to create, or if I already have projects that I've purchased fabric for and need to finish, I don't go into that account because I don't need to be distracted by the newest pattern that dropped or a new line of fabric. Like I don't need to be distracted by those things. Um, so I actually don't even go into that sewing account until I'm ready to like look for inspiration or ideas. And that's really helped me so I can strategize. But I do want to say something because um, I do a lot of thrifting. So I use, I spend a lot of time looking for fabric at thrift stores, which is a great way to be green. So I'm reusing something and also to get like one of a kind, interesting prints, which is what I love. I love pattern. I love print. I'm pretty eclectic. So I like to shop kind of off the beaten path but I always try to leave room for those like if I find something really special that I'm in a thrift store I'm never going to find it again I like make sure I'm able to still feel good about getting it if I know what I'm going to make out of it so if I'm like oh this could be this dress or this could be a skirt then I allow I I get to buy it even if it's not part of the plan because that fashion is still really fun you know it's a hobby for me and a creative outlet so I want to make sure 
I'm strategic. I love what you say about strategy because that's, that feeds the like analytical part of my soul. <laughs> but then the creative part of me is like, but you need all the pretty things. <laughs> but so that's still a strategy. You find a balance. That's it still is. <laughs> a strategy of giving yourself because there is joy. Like we should have joy in how we express ourselves and not, you know, put yourself in this like, no, 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 this is outside my box of what I've told myself. So I always think, you know, it's like when you're planning a day and leaving yourself room to like, dance in the rain, you know, or just do something fun that'll give you, give you joy. I think that's one of the purposes of clothing and self-expression. And I love to, when you know, I think the other part is you've done enough research that, and you know yourself and you've also made mistakes along the way that you know, which patterns you love. So you know that you're not being distracted by the fact that it's something bright and shiny. You know, that your like intuition, your taste is choosing the fun that's still going to be wearable for you. Yes. And just like any um, person who's aware of like how clothes are made, you can try something on in a store and you know, you're going to never wear it. Even if you like it, you're like, this doesn't really fit. The fabric is itchy or the tight, the, the, like the feel just isn't right. And the same thing applies to me. Like I can feel fabric and know I'm never going to wear that this will be way too hot or whatever. So um, I have a lot of the same skills that you would need for shopping, honestly, for that are so important, right? As you navigate everything that's out there, stuff to be discerning. And apply it to you and like, don't let history repeat itself. It's like learn, you know, we all have made mistakes along the way and I don't call them mistakes. I call them, you know, there are learning tools to say, okay, don't do this again, Becky. Don't do this again, Natalie. Last time you tried this, it didn't work. Nothing's changed. Like you still don't like itchy fabrics or whatever it is, or like this is beautiful, but it does, it's not practical for life. Totally. Yeah. And that's where I, I feel like, um, yeah, just age and experience comes in. I mean, we've all bought those shoes, right. That were just gorgeous, but then you know, designed by Satan or something. Yeah. You're so <laughs> miserable when you're at the situation. You're like, I'm not having fun at all because like all I can think about is how my feet like are screaming at me. Um, totally. Yeah. So <laughs> for the listeners, I want to move into just some of your tips on from what you've learned talking about experience, um, wisdom, just on some practical guide on like how to make your clothes last. Um, just what would be like your high level tips on consuming less or how to make your clothes last and just a couple of follow-ups here to help people. Yeah. So I was thinking about it because even though I do love sewing and it's uh, really just brings me so much joy, that's the main reason I do this. I also did it to combat fast fashion, slow down and really be thoughtful about the um, choices I'm making uh, the fashion industry as creative and wonderful as it is, is a terrible strain on the environment. And it um, it's like a rat race cycle of always having to have the newest thing. And there's a lot of things you can do that will help you um, consume less and just be more mindful. One of them, it doesn't require any, like, it doesn't require like any tools. It's really simple. It's just a mindset shift. So I read this book, which I shared with Natalie and I'll have her post this in the show notes. It's called Overdressed. It's by Elizabeth Klein. And she talks about like the history of fashion and clothing production. And that sounds super lame, but or boring, maybe kind of boring, but it's super fascinating. And um, she talks about how clothing used to be seen as this really valuable commodity where people would like 
make their clothing up until like the 1940s. Most of the clothing was made by someone you knew or yourself, your family. So now our shift because of mass production has made clothing really disposable. I mean, if you buy a shirt for $4, why would you take care of it? You know, but the reality is that someone is making all of the clothing that we wear, an actual person. You know, when I started this, I was naive enough to think that it was all done by a machine and it is, but it's done by machine by person. And most of those people are women. So women are creating this clothing and they're being paid about $3 a day in honesty. Like they're not, this is really a women's issue. But if we shift our mindset so that clothing isn't disposable, it doesn't matter how much you're spending, then we're gonna treat our clothing kinder and also make better choices when we're purchasing it. Cause it's not just like a throwaway. Um, one of the ways you can do that is to think about what you really do enjoy wearing. And like Natalie said, being strategic about what you actually need. And then you can make sure that you're following your style, your personal style over trend. And it is fun to do trends, but you can do that in little ways so that you're not doing all trends, but you have like a base wardrobe of your style and then add in fun things like accessories. Well, and I'll add to that, like when a trend works for you is when you get it. And if it's one that's like, you know what, that's just not a trend for me, then you just say no, and that's okay. And then you know, there's maybe a trend that is super aligned with you, works with your wardrobe. And that that's when you say yes. But otherwise, like give yourself permission to say no. Yes. And especially all of us Gen X slash millennials will know that that low rise gene is coming back. Ladies, just say no to the low rise gene. Also, um, <laughs> we uh, but let's say yes to um, more relaxed clothes from COVID, right? We have like I've never seen so many elastic waistbands being worn chicly. <laughs> I'm all about that. Okay, so another thing you can do if you don't want to learn how to sew is you could use, you could actually learn some very simple mending. So to mend your clothing. So instead of just, if you have something where you need to put a button on it or it, like a seam has come apart, there's like really simple videos on YouTube that could show you how to do it with very few materials, like a needle and thread. You could also take your items to a tailor who can help you adjust them to make them what you like. So if you bought a blouse and it's long sleeve, and then you realize, I don't really like long sleeves. Personally, I don't like long sleeves. They could shorten the sleeves for you. And th these costs very minimal. And even if it's like maybe a little, it's going to be less than what you paid for the garment, but just think of how many more months of wear you could get. You could turn last year's jeans into this year's shorts, you know, things like that are really simple, but they extend the life of your garment. And I read something, it was like, you should try to, you should try to wear each item at least 30 times before you pass it on. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, that's a lot of times. That's like, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. So that's an, like an idea of, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing you can do, which doesn't cost any money is you could challenge yourself to really rethink your wardrobe and shop your wardrobe in new ways. A really helpful tool for that is to take like a bunch of stuff out of your closet, throw it on your bed and kind of mix it around and see if you come up with new combinations and maybe you have something new there and that doesn't cost any money. You didn't buy anything new. Um, one thing you can do is to make sure that you help your clothes last longer. And there's a few easy things that you can do to do this. One is to be wary of how you wash them. So you don't need to wash your pants every time you wear them or your skirts. 
I mean, I live in Arizona, so we're always hot and sweaty. So usually shirts, yeah, but you don't have to wash your sweaters every time you wear them. And that really extends the life of them and helps them stay looking crisp. And helps the environment. Also make sure you, and helps the environment, yeah. Use cold water to wash your items and hang dry them. Simple laundry tips really help your clothes last longer and stay looking nice, especially like dark denim. Like don't throw those in the dryer. Um, One more tip that um, I learned about in the overdress book that I mentioned before is that we need to be more mindful about where we take our clothes when we're no longer using them. And I saw, um, I know Natalie donates, goes through her clothes and donates. Do you know that actually only 20% of what's donated to like places like Goodwill is actually makes it onto the store? Only 20%. And if we, I used to think, oh, people are going to be so happy to have my old clothes. Like they're going to be grateful to find them in a store. That's just not the case anymore. The way that clothing is constructed, it doesn't last. So even if you're sending something in good shape, people can buy new clothes at Target for only just a little more than a thrift store. So ideas for places to take things. One is give them to family and friends. If you give them to like actual people who are interested in them, they'll be worn. Uh, I was going to say one tip that I gave on the post that I gave where a lot of it is um, making sure you're only donating the good stuff that's going to be used. But uh, my buy nothing group is a shout out to I don't know if you know about your uh, Facebook buy nothing group. So if you like I don't have a lot of family close to me. And uh, so it's this group that basically the concept is to continue the cycle of the things you have. So I'll post like I have these three pieces of clothing and someone's like, oh my God, I have an event to go to and I would love that dress. And so I'm actually like handing my clothes to somebody who's so excited or uh, our buy nothing group. We had a refugee family. And so it was gathering pieces. So the donations were actually serving other people and I knew they were going to a good place. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm just throwing it in a bag and like telling myself it all worked out fine when may have gone into a landfill, like realistically. No, that's awesome. Those are great options. Um, Another thing I was going to suggest is a clothing swap. So if you have people, that's harder because not everyone's the same size, but giving it to people who on a buy nothing, that's amazing. If you have kids in school, so what do we do with all our kids clothes? Like they produce so much clothing because they have to buy new, you know, you have to, when you're a parent, you know, you have to like buy a whole new wardrobe every couple of years take it to your kid's school. So I work in a school and our nurse and our health, our health tech and our social worker are always looking for clothes because kids spill on themselves at school. And I see my kids clothes on kids in the school all the time. And you, if you're um, adult size, you could take them to a high school, call ahead and see if they need them. But I mean, teenagers are adult size, so they could use your clothing. Also um, look for shelters, like actual smaller community run shelters, like Natalie referenced with refugee, you could take your clothes to a women's shelter. I know, especially women's shelters are looking for professional clothes for women to to go do interviews. So it does take more work. I'm not going to lie and say it's easy. Like putting your stuff in a bag and giving it to Goodwill is super easy. So this takes more thought, but like Natalie said, when you send it to Goodwill, you're just kind of hoping I did the right thing, but it really could um, there are people who can use your clothes. Uh, it just takes a little bit of thought. And also I just want to reference where we started with this and a couple of points that we made when you're buying well and you're buying mindfully and you're take, taking care of your pieces, you have fewer things to 
worry about getting out of your way for donations and where they're going to go. You've taken care of your pieces. So you have nice things to give to people who can use them. You know, it's just like the whole shift. It's not just these, you know, tips are great. And then we put them all together and it's a, it's a holistic approach. Yeah. And even if you can't like afford really nice pieces, you can buy less pieces. So if you are like scared that, well, I'm not gonna be able to buy, if I want to buy something really good, I don't have the budget to buy a lot of things. But if you have what really works for you, you don't need all those other things, you know, and even if you do don't feel like you don't have the budget to do that, um, just taking care of what you have, even if it's like more mass produced or whatever level you're at, then things will last longer. And then you'll have the money or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like your money will go further if you're taking care of your things. And to your point, going back to learning how, you know, my mom could mend everything. And so I learned from her, how do you sew a button? How do you do simple sewing, making friends with a tailor to help you keep your garments nice? Um, Just giving yourself resources. It doesn't matter how much the garment costs. You can still, you know, repair repair a button or, or replace a button. If you're like, you know what, let me update this. Let me source cool buttons to make, you know, to upcycle something. Love it. These are such great tips. Um, I'm so excited to share them with everyone. And, um, I want to end then going off of, we had our, you know, bigger questions. Now I want to end with our fun game of speed style questions for you just to, uh, you know, deep breaths. Ready? Ready? Um, okay. I'm nervous. All right. No, they are. They're just fun. Um, what is your favorite fashion or style Instagram account? Ooh. So I actually really like, um, it's a sewing account, but it was what I was going to recommend for if you wanted to get started sewing, there's a brand and I'll have Natalie link this. It's called uh, closet core patterns. And they do like basic, well, that sounds, they're not basic, but they're like, the core of your wardrobe and the patterns are like really simple, but then they have, they offer lots of ideas on how to make them your own. So that's my, one of my favorite ones. They're my, my favorite pattern. Company. Awesome. <clears throat> favorite type of clothing to sew. I love sewing swimsuits. I know that sounds scary. Cause it's like, what if it falls apart? But it's so fun to sew swimsuits. Cause it's like little fabric and the patterns are fun. And I don't know. I just like sewing swimsuits. <laughs> favorite place to thrift. So my favorite place to thrift is actually in Washington state where I don't live because I feel like people in Washington are really mindful about getting rid of things responsibly. I don't know if it's the liberalness of it or whatever it is, but that's always, I always find crazy things that are like, you got, got rid of this. That's my favorite. But uh, in there, there's a store called Value Village. Oh, cool. It's my favorite thrift store. Uh, I know you live in Arizona, but what is your favorite season for fashion? Ooh, uh, so the best season is fall because totally. it's layers and it's, I know, it's the best season. It's like you've made it through summer, but we don't actually have fall here. So I actually don't mind summer because it's been fun navigating how to make that work without looking like a sweaty mess constantly. So if you could only have pants or skirts in your wardrobe, which would you choose? Ooh, you know, I would have said skirts like a couple years ago, but now I'd probably say pants because there's so many awesome types of pants. And especially now that we've kind of loosened what like a waistband needs to look like. I think I'm all about pants. Uh, Your favorite decade of fashion. I've always drawn to like that, the forties, 
like the Dior new look, you know, when they started that new shape with the, you know, the really nipped waist, even though that's totally not, would not work for me. <laughs> but I always loved that glamour, like the, like getting dressed up to travel like that. I feel like I might've been born in the wrong decade. Cause I love, I like to be more dressed, like overdressed than underdressed. And I feel like that doesn't fit my current lifestyle, which is I'm okay to mourn that, but that's totally where I think I would have thrived. Totally. I could see that for you. Uh, your favorite magazine. So I haven't read a magazine in a really long time, but I subscribed to 17 magazine for like 15 years. My mom bought it for me every year for my birthday. And she just kept renewing the subscription. I would think I was like 30 when she was like, are you done with this magazine? I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I'm okay. Your favorite website to find style inspiration. Ooh, I still use Pinterest. <laughs> I use Pinterest. A lot of people do. You know what? It like, yeah, it like totally, I'll like, like something. And then it totally just brings me everything I, I want to see. I don't know. It's, it's such an easy format. It, it just comes right to me. I don't know. There's Pinterest. a reason it's lasted. <laughs> no, I love Pinterest. Um, all right. And then last question I ask everyone, what is your ultimate where, who you are outfit and why? So when I did this curated closet thing, I like, you have to kind of come up with these like clothing equations and mine will always be like a graphic t-shirt or blouse, like simple with a full skirt or like a fun A-line type skirt. And then a pair of colorful sneakers. That's just like, if I think about the outfit for me, it's like a fun shirt, usually mixing patterns. So like, or like a something on the shirt, like a book character and then like a full colorful skirt and then just fun sneakers. That's like my outfit. You know what I love about that is I think about it. And even though we had different styles when we were in college, it's still, it's what I would picture you. Like if I were making a style you know, caricature of Becky, that's what it would be. So I love that. I don't yeah. know if I would have put sneakers before. I think that's an evolution of lifestyle. I would have put you in like a little, um, like almost a vintage shoe, like a peep toe or something. Yeah. That definitely has evolved with like aging feet and running around an elementary school. You, I wore heels my first day to my elementary school job and was like angry. Totally. Like, why did I wear these? Uh, I, I, I just had that with the client the other day where I was like, damn it. I thought I, I thought I could do it, but my feet aren't what they used to be. Um, and that's okay. No. And, and it is okay. And there's so many cute sneakers that have arch support that I'm if we, if I'm we cool. can fashion okay and function, that's the beauty of what's happening in our world today is that we can get both. And, you know, what used to be like the geriatric shoes aren't anymore. So yay for technology for that. For sure. I know. Even sandals. I found stuff with great padding. Agreed. It just so what we're learning from this, I think one of the themes is, is you know, put the thought into it, align, be mindful do your research, take the time and then, and know who you are, like really be honest with who you are. And I love your project. It's been so fun for me to watch. And so if anyone else wants to follow Becky Sewing Project or other inspiration on Instagram, we can follow you at Becky underscore girl, right? At B-E-C-K. Yep, Becky underscore girl. B-E-C-K-I-E yep. underscore girl. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. And so we'll link that so you can follow along and you can get fashion inspiration, see what she's sewing, keep up with this, this lifestyle now. Um, so thank you so much, Becky. It's been so fun to catch up and see you. 
I know. I'm so proud of all that you've done. It's been fun to follow your career. Oh, likewise. Fellow English major turned fashion mogul. And that's what's so fun with this side that we both are readers. So it's fun to connect with someone who you know is like reading the same things you are or different things and to, to share the perspective of it's not just pretty creative things. It's also educating yourself on that as well. So it's, it's super inspiring for me to catch up and to watch you. And I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to our Becky and Natalie reunion in another episode of where, who you are. I hope you've learned just as much as I have. And as you think about your style and the impact it has on the world this week, don't forget to remember who you are and wear it as always. So I will see you all next time. Thanks for joining another where, who you are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BU Style. That's the letters B, U, and Style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tincher. And don't forget to subscribe to Where Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again, and see you next time.